Pastor Michael, day four, the 12 days of restless. Stephen Furtick tries to ruin Christmas. Pastor Michael, uh, we are returning this Christmas tide to a reformed Christmas tradition. Are you excited? I'm, of course, I'm excited, man. I, how could I not be excited? I mean, this might be one of the worst Christmas sermons uh, <laughs> or clips from a Christmas sermon that I have ever heard in my life. Yeah, we're not going to watch a whole sermon. I'm not going to listen to a whole sermon by Stephen Furtick. That'd okay. be. Uh, let me tell you why here on the postmortem of the YRR, why this is a relevant thing. So I remember back when I was watching every minute of every resurgence conference, late in the resurgence game, Stephen Furtick came to speak at the resurgence conference. I don't and, know if I knew that. I That's interesting. And Mark Driscoll said, this guy is like, this guy can preach. Like Mark, Dr I don't know why. Like it, it feels like very off brand. But, like, he really promoted Burtick <laughs> at the time. And so I'm like, well, I've listened to everything Mark Driscoll's ever said. Um, and I'm out of things to listen to. So I downloaded, I don't know, 10 Elevation Church sermons. Because, again, like, I was at the age where I could listen to 10 sermons a day. I would listen to 10 sermons by Mark Driscoll happily, right? Like, um, I listened to two by Stephen Furtick. And I was like, these are garbage. Like, like, these are horrible and uninteresting so and bad. That's so yeah. funny. So I, I first became aware of Steve Furtick when uh, they did the Elephant Room, and uh, and he showed up for that. And what I did is I went through before when they first announced who was all going to be there. So this is before they actually did it. I went through and I followed the links to all the different churches and all the different guys that were going to be there. And in my mind, I kind of assumed, hey, uh, you know, and I was at that. You know, I was at the point where, you know, I don't remember when the elephant room came out, but I wasn't, you know, all in anymore. Right. Uh, but I was like, oh, it'd be interesting to see, you know, these different, these different guys and the different ways they do things and the different ways they preach, et cetera. So Elevation Church at the time had a, like a documentary on their front website. Like the oh. first thing that pops up is a, like a mini documentary about how they became a church and, oh, you know, how amazing it was that these these guys just, you know, started to get together. They were like, hey, we should go start a church in this other town that we're not even in and let's do it. And wow, what an amazing work of God. And the only thing I remember deeply about it that I noticed right away was all of them, including Stephen Furtick, were all pretty regular looking guys. Huh. Like they all looked pretty regular in all the pictures and all the videos that they pulled together from before. And then they show them now when they had planted this church. It was like the elders and Stephen Furtick. It was all the guys who were like a part of it from the beginning. And they all looked the exact same. They've got like bedazzled jeans. They've got faux hawks. And it was so fake. And it was probably like there was just enough like Wisconsin boy in me that was like, yikes. Like, I don't know. I don't know anything else, but I don't like these people. <laughs> Pastor Michael, do you know when I went from just like, uh, that's kind of uninteresting and bad to like oh yikes it was when i learned that at the uh elevation sunday school they gave away <laughs> coloring pages of stephen furtick of <laughs> so the kids could we are united under the visionary oh my goodness we it are is, that that cult everybody i don't know what to tell you but that is literally a cult 
United, so, United under the visionary. And so, like, obviously, the, the reason they did it is because they were like, you know, like, oh, we're going to get the kids in on the vision of this church. But, like, man, I'm a no two CV guy. But, like, going from, like, let's color, color a picture of, like, the feeding of the 5,000 to let's just color a picture of Stephen Furtick. It's, like, <laughs> insane to me. Um, but it's not just, like, if it was, like, hey, here's this funny thing where we, like, had a picture of the pastor made up so the kids could color it. There's something about that, right? Like, you could yeah. see that being totally innocent. Yeah, but someone did. Our visionary leader, like, our dear leader that we should all worship and fawn over even as children like color like that's creepy so pastor michael let's uh let's check in on stephen furtick this year for christmas <laughs> eve so i love I'm, by the way one of the one of the restless patrons in the in the patron group chat which you can join by the way you just got to become a patron uh so uh definitely check that out but somebody just said something like like uh how much they hate how much this guy ruins women's sweaters <laughs> which, <laughs> which is, he's always wearing this women's sweaters it's pretty which, gross which is the stage he's at now so he went from pastor michael's like oh normal looking guy to faux hawk to now like clearly wearing women's sweaters so here we go <laughs> and god will show up but how will he show up small small you will Big find God. a babe wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger big enough to save the world small enough to fit in a cradle this is the juxtaposition of jesus in the book of zechariah chapter 4 verse 10 the prophet says despise not the day of small beginnings and this christmas you have to understand that some of the things that god gives you in your life are under wraps right now they're big but they're in a little package and the fact that jesus came as a baby lets us know that there is a development process to everything that God does in your life. So you pray for something and get frustrated because what God gave you doesn't match what you asked for. The fact that he came as a baby lets me know that there is a part of God that I must grow into. I feel so anointed to preach this to somebody who has been frustrated. You have been frustrated because you have been comparing your starting place to somebody else's finished product. So there's a few more minutes, and, and we do need to get to the end because by the end, uh, he's going to compare himself to the pregnant Virgin Mary. Oh, um, no. I mean, well, he's, he's got the sweater, and so I think maybe, maybe he's just slowly moving that way. That's, this is pretty, uh, pretty horrific, obviously, uh, but it also just is so canned. I know. It's just so canned, and it's so lame. Can I start with the thing about it that makes me maybe the saddest? Here's the thing about it that makes me the saddest, that there is a grain of truth to mm -hmm. the way God worked in the incarnation, yeah. being something hidden and um, and um, overlooked by the world. Yeah. And that I hate that it becomes the like path of self-actualization or yeah. like, it's okay if, you know, you start just on a coloring page before you get a empire of music and buildings behind you right like um that's the thing that drives me the craziest yeah. that, like that that there is an important truth there that god is god works in the invisible in the yeah. ways we don't care about first 
Right. How that it's being, you know, it's being. And of course, right. Of course, in the most like central revelation of who God is in Christ, in his incarnation, of course, that teaches us about how God is and works, period. Right. Like, of course, that's true. But you're right that when you turn it into a purely uh, kind of self-help, you know, self-actualization message, that's the kind of thing you'd find in the new age self-help portion of Barnes and Noble that's directed toward people that wear sweaters like that, by the way, you know, like, like it's, it's, that's who you're trying to reach. And I wonder if that's why he's wearing that stuff. huh? And I wonder now, again, here's maybe the, the white pill I'm going to try and take that. Maybe the fact that that kernel of truth exists and it's so inescapable in the story of the incarnation, maybe it's like, I can oppose this person and hope there's enough gospel to save some of the sheep that then they would flee this place. Right. If they, if you accidentally showed up to this place. All right, but let's keep watching. Cause I'm probably going to have to take that back by the end of how. Yeah, bad. almost it's definitely. If God says, if you look for me, you'll find me as a baby, just a small thing, just a small prayer. Holly, the other day, one of the men I met at the wrestling match said, I got a question to ask you. Elevation Church, right? Wrestling match. I want to know what that was. I had to stop there. The wrestling match. <laughs> also, here's the problem. Even this idea of like, it's a baby. It like it doesn't. It's not a big deal. I mean, like ten angels showed up, said this is a virgin. Like again, right? The the problem is like, it's God obviously was setting apart the glory of His Son. Like it wasn't like this just started like with Him you know, making a small decision, right? That's not, mm-hmm. you know, obviously this is why. Right. Just a small thing, a small prayer. Yeah. Well, I'm no, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I see why you're doing that. Um, and it's gross. <laughs> but over at the wrestling match where we're having real theological talks. I said, Zach could go either way. He could say, he said, did y'all used to meet in a basement? He said, how long did you meet there? I said, not long, but it was the longest Six weeks of my life, I used to go in the bathroom in the basement of the Matthews Community Center, and I would stand over the toilet because every week I felt like I would throw up because I was pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> him saying you ever that had mornings is that is really funny. Like it's this is. God in his good irony making a fool of this man. And uh that's pretty good. That's uh sickness for something God was doing in your life. No offense, I know it's just a metaphor, but I felt like that. I felt like I was carrying something big. Maybe that's why I wanted to preach about Mary. Because maybe I was standing over the toilet feeling like I was carrying something, but I'm scared of something, but I'm carrying something, but I'm scared of something. And in that juxtaposition, are you there right now? You know God has given you a word. You know God has called you to do something. You know God has made you a promise. You know he reached out and saved you. You know he He's given you a testimony. You know he brought you out of a miry pit. You know he set your feet on the rock. Man. Ugh. Like, who is... I just don't know who this is attractive to. I don't either. We keep running into these things where it's like, here are things that are way more attractive than anything that we've ever done. Or will do. Or will do. And it's like, who could possibly want this or like this? It's so obviously sophistry. 
Yes. It's so obviously just words coming out that don't have meaning. They don't mean anything. You're just saying them because you know that you can get a particular stimuli response. Uh, and that, like, that's a really horrific way to use preaching, obviously. It's a really horrific way uh, to use the scripture and to use the, the incarnation. It's perhaps one of the most evil and wicked things that you can do. For sure. uh, but man, it's, it's just, it is just lame. Yeah. Now, again, I'm in a, I, I, the other thing that's interesting, just the detail is like, that was the, you know, we were in this basement and it was the longest six weeks ever. I can't even understand how fast this church blew up if they were changing locations that fast. Currently, I am a pastor in a church plant meeting in a basement. Uh, <laughs> can't share any of the experiences he shared. <laughs> um, so, right, this church left the SBC probably because it wanted to avoid any, even of the, the tiny amount of accountability the SBC will give a church. So let me just say, maybe the lesson this Christmas time is... You and all of your friends should stop referring to Elevation and Hillsong as churches. Let's just let's all just say this year we're not talking about them that way anymore. We've uh we've had a little time and um the uh Elevation itself took itself out of communion with churches we would consider true churches with the true gospel and let's just take their word on that. This man is a an evil false teacher, a cloud without rain. Um, whose condemnation is becoming obvious, who just found a way to compare the pregnant Virgin Mary to him about to speak at an elevation worship service. <laughs> that was the, this man is like, right, we, you know, we have giant <laughs> chapels like Christ-centered preaching. Like, this man could write me-centered preaching. Like, what yeah. is the, like, instead of Spurgeon's, like, I will get over any rock or bush to Jesus in the Bible. He's like, I will find to get away over any rock or bush to make this passage about me. Yep. Like he read James where it talks about the scripture being like a mirror. And he was like, he like took that the wrong way. <laughs> he was like, like, Oh, this is supposed to be about me. Look, it's just my reflection everywhere. And what's interesting is that like, it's, it's obviously progressively became more obvious. Cause obviously mm -hmm. when he was at the elephant room, they were, you know, the question was like, Oh, you know, some of the things you do are a little more, you know, whatever. But now, obviously, it's, you know, it's just it's just interesting how those things develop uh, over time. Mm -hmm. But in that basement behind the closed door of a bathroom stall, I was privately petrified. Yeah. And I didn't think it'd be good if I threw up in front of my team. I didn't think that would be a good look for leadership. And yet, somehow, from that basement now, I'm preaching about a barn in Bethlehem and a basement in Matthews. But I'm really preaching about the low place in your life today. But I'm really preaching about the low place in your life today. Whatever it is. Okay, thanks, Protestia, for, uh, <laughs> for slowing down that moment. Uh, oh, boy. The small beginning in your life today. Because God said, not only will I reach you, I will wrap you. Think about Jesus. Oh, come on, let's consider it. Before we get real cute with it and put money on our credit cards to tell Jesus happy birthday. Before we go into debt to show the Lord how much we appreciate all he's done for us. 
that's the only good line he's had. Because I'll give him that, that that's a good line. It's actually a pretty good line. You're right. Like the well, before we put go into debt to show the Lord Jesus how much he loves us. But obviously, so we're about to consider Jesus. So again, that's the question, everybody. Will we hear the gospel? Will we? Will we hear? Not just hear the words, right? Again, this is if this is sophistry, it's possible to use words that don't mean anything, right? Like you're you're not actually saying even what it might sound like. And so um, so actually, what is he doing now? Is he actually going to be introducing people to Jesus, to the true Christ? Before we get into all that chaos, let's take a moment and consider the Christ. A babe born in a manger, laid in a manger. Why? Give me Luke 2.7. Because there was no room for him in the end. He was rejected. The Savior came, and he was rejected. He was rejected because they had no room. And so now I wonder, am I talking about Jesus or am I talking about you? <laughs> okay, before we go there, I, I oh just, no, it's gonna be it's about to be really bad. It's this is about to be the me centered approach to the. I mean, Bible. it just was. But, <laughs> am I talking about Jesus or am I talking about you? Um, let me just say, Jesus Christ was rejected by people like you who didn't have room. Yeah, who didn't have room in their vision casting, empire building, like you who didn't see room in Scripture for him. Right, like that's what. That's literally what the Pharisees did. That's what you're doing. You don't have room for Christ in Scripture when it's all about him. And you're saying now, look, actually, it's about you. Yeah. All right. Because maybe you've been rejected, not by a person, but maybe your dream has been rejected or denied or delayed or deferred this year. And in that place of rejection where you could not find room for yourself, could not feel at home in your emotions, could not see a solution through your Red Sea, could not see a way through your storm, could not find So, But again, right? Very, very gross. Even the final things, you couldn't see a way through your Red Sea. The Red Sea, really about you. The way through your storm. The storms Jesus, you know, calmed in the Gospels, really about you. Right? Stephen Furtick is here trying to ruin Christmas, and maybe actually we should thank him for it. Because once again, what happened at Christmas? The incarnation of the Lord Jesus divided, right? This is what this is the shocking thing, the the part of the commercialization of Christmas that Stephen Furtick is obviously a part of that doesn't work, is that there was a dividing that was going on. There were a lot of kings looking for Jesus when he was born. The wise men were looking for Jesus earnestly, but so was Herod. And the incarnation of Jesus divided them. And so let's let's just thank Stephen Furtick for trying to ruin Christmas with this horrible analogy, this horrible sermon, but because it gives us a clear view of who he really is. Because he can't see that that let's talk about the Christ. And then he ends up talking about how maybe you had a dream this year that didn't come true. Right. What a, what a horrendous, what a horrendous thing. This was restless. This Christmas tide, keeping alive the reform tradition of looking at the largest abuses of this festival.